You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 76. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the Nintendo aficionado, Roro, Roro. How about that, Marvel? We were talking about it in the pre-show. How about oh, I, I, I can't wait yes. for Friday. I, 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 it's gonna be so good. <laughs> I, at least I hope it's gonna be so good. Yes. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search podcast PXN and you will find us on there and simultaneously on twitch.tv slash podcast PXN as well. Uh, the topic of the show this week, Roro, is a very important discussion surrounding Halo, the Master Chief Collection support that they've been receiving, as well as some Halo Infinite news. Surprising no one, I pulled in <laughs> some Halo stuff here. Uh, but first, the show always starts with the PXN news of the week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. The first item, Roro, is Dragon Age 4 has apparently changed from a game as a service back to a single-player game. And apparently this comes from BioWare pushing for this uh, to EA, uh, which is very interesting to, be, to me because obviously Anthem didn't go well for them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> game as a service uh ea in general has been pushing game as a service and as well as much of the industry really right now is pushing for it um because i think people are seeing the success stories like destiny like Fortnite, like all of those experiences that continuously keep getting updates and evol evolving uh roro i guess my question is do we think that uh, EA has lost their damn minds for even considering <laughs> Dragon Age 4 as a game as a service in the first place. Yeah, I think they did for, for a moment. I'm glad that they came to their, their senses, and I think both of us echo the same sentiment that we saw a lot online when this was revealed, that thank God that they decided to backtrack on this. And like you were saying, there's there's titles like Destiny and Fortnite that have seen success in doing that but they obviously weren't sequels to anything some, something that's already established it's kind of not a good idea to toy with something like that um but even it's it's it, it, i'm glad that they backtracked on that they saw the success with fallen jedi fallen order and they see the 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 worth in single player uh games again um but Man, it, 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 it's hard to strike gold with those live service games. Like a lot of people keep trying, like you said, but not a lot of people have been as successful with it. Yeah. Uh, and EA, what the heck are you guys doing? <laughs> like the, the Jedi Fallen Order, in the, you mentioned that they pointed to that as like a reason why they wanted to go back to single player games. But it's like, EA, you guys have made great single player games yeah. before that have done well, like Dead Space, like freaking everyone wants a new Dead Space. And it's not going to come because EA is just dumb. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, it's very interesting. I, I, a franchise that has traditionally been known as a single-player RPG, 
I never understood why in the world they would consider it as a game as a service in the first place. It's, it just didn't make sense to me. That that's silly. It's it's like Fallout becoming a survival online game like Fallout yeah. 76. That shouldn't have yeah. happened either, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I digress. Uh, moving on, Roro, Destiny 2, uh, I'm, I switched the order a little bit here because I realized that uh, I had a Sony story, story out of order here from the other one, so I was like, whoops. Uh, Destiny 2 uh, it has a big update that Bungie uh, just posted last week, uh, and they have a ton of stuff in that update, which feel free if I miss something, Roro, because you're the Destiny expert in here. Uh they had a lot of stuff that they talked about, but a few things that I thought was important, uh, Witch Queen, which is their next expansion, that was big expansion that was supposed to come out uh, fall this year, has been pushed to early 2022. Um, they also announced an additional chapter after Lightfall, which is the expansion that was supposed to come out in fall 2022. And that's assuming, I'm assuming that's going to be pushed to uh, early 2023 now. Uh, so they, they're announcing another chapter after that to fully complete the light and darkness saga of destiny, which is very interesting. So they're officially calling this, uh, entire segment of destiny one and destiny two content as the light and darkness saga of destiny, which I thought was very interesting. Roro, uh, obviously this is, this isn't terrible news or anything. Going to early 2022 for Witch Queen isn't a huge pushback, and they still have seasonal content and stuff like that, so I don't think that's going to be a huge deal. And it, it seems like the developers that are working on this are going to be uh, in a better position so that they're not crunching at the end of the year to, to get this out before before the holiday season. So um, does this change anything for you in terms of Destiny, or does this make you excited about, you know, uh, another saga possibly of Destiny, uh, something newer? Definitely, yeah. Everything, obviously, it's a, it's, it was a bummer to, to hear that Witch Queen are, was being delayed a bit. But I think, as we always say, when there is a delay, it's usually for the better. And I'm excited to play it in 2022. But there's a, like you said, there's a lot of changes in here that look awesome. Like, for example... So we're going to get transmog soon. I think that's next season. We're going to get transmog, so you'll be able to customize your guardian any way you want. And then the season after, we're going to finally get crossplay is going to be a thing. So I'll be able to play with you on Xbox or some people on P- play as PlayStation Four. That's f- something that we've been asking for for a really long time. So that's only a couple of seasons away because we're on season thirteen now. So we just have to go through next season, and then crossplay will be here. Um, but of course, those seasons may be extended a bit more since uh, because of the de- de- the delay. But um, yeah, th- I'm just excited for the future of Destiny, whatever that may be. They're doing a, a lot uh, better now in terms of the story that I am loving. That them saying that this is the lightness and darkness uh, saga, and that we've got a next chapter of that excites me. Even what they're doing with the seasons. They're doing a lot, a lot better in, with tying in the stories as before. They kind of just started a story and then they just dropped it and they never touched it again. But they really have done a really good job interweaving each season and, and having an overall arc, I guess you can say. But um, yeah, I every all the changes in here looked 
fantastic to me. Vaults of Glass is coming next season as well. Yes. So that's a returning raid from Destiny 1 that's coming back. Um, so yeah, there's, and doing some changes to Trials as well, Trials of Osiris, which is the competitive PvP mode in Destiny that has had a couple of issues <laughs> recently. It, they've had to cancel it quite a couple of times. Uh, the most recent issue was that players found a way to trade wins with each other, where like they would communicate with each other by using emblems somehow. I didn't look too deep into it, but the, the gist of it is people were like throwing matches and then coming back and winning matches because the other team was throwing the match, and it was not good. <laughs> no. Um, but besides that, there's been a lot of cheating going on in... Trials of Osiris as well, but in the in the blog post they say they're expand, expanding the security team to crack down on a lot of this stuff. So hopefully Trials will come back to where it was uh, in Destiny One. Um, but yeah, it everything looks fantastic to me, and I'm excited for what's next for sure. Yes, yes, all of that I echo completely, <laughs> uh, and that's why you're the expert, because you're <laughs> playing all the time, and I've been a lapsed Destiny player, so. <laughs> There's definitely a lot that I I miss because that yeah. that uh that state of the game post that uh the 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 the, the team uh, posted was huge. It was ginormous. So yes. I tried my best to to highlight the the important parts for sure. And and the the uh, Vault of Glass raid coming back is yeah. awesome because that was such a great raid from the original Destiny. I love that. Same. And. Oh, I hope that means Fatebringer comes back because I love that gun too. So too. good. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, all great news for Destiny. And uh, if you want to check out the full update, just go to Bungie.net and read yeah. it yourself. Yeah, yeah, there's, like you said, ton of stuff so there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brenty says in the chat, Roro, what up, partner? What's up, Brenty? <laughs> What's up, partner? <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> oh, that's your dad, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, great. I don't comment. have the YouTube uh, the YouTube uh, chat open. That's oh. why I missed it. Oh, you were you were you were just ignoring him because you only had <laughs> twitch.tv slash podcast BXN up. So that's true. Okay. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh we have a bunch of Sony news here, so we're gonna run oh, through man. all these Sony news stories, Roro. Uh, Sony is winding down original game development at Japan Studio. Uh, they point to a lack of profitability to them in recent years. So uh, one caveat to this is, is they are working with many of the people that they are uh, letting go from Japan Studio, and they are going to uh, the developer that made Astro's Playroom. Uh, I can't think of the developer's name off the top of my head, but they're basically like shifting them to that developer, many of them. Uh, so that's at least good out of this. But it is interesting because I know for a while we've been getting rumors that Japan Studio might be making a Bloodborne sequel or maybe even a uh, brand new IP. And so it's kind of interesting that Sony is deciding to shut them down Um and kind of pointing to a lack of profitability. But the weird thing is, is Roro, they've been a support studio for the last, I don't know how many years, a lot of years, and they've just been helping out with, with some of their big first-party games. So what I don't understand is, is like, why not give them a chance to, you know, make something new or make something at all that's their own and then decide, you know, 
okay, they didn't really necessarily do that great. Let's maybe think about closing them. I'm, I'm a little curious. Does that, does that, I don't know. Is that something that you think that they should have done or do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I mean, I've been a, a huge, well, I would shouldn't say huge fan of their work, but I, I've played a couple of their games and I, I've enjoyed most of them. So it is kind of a bummer to see that they're just, you know, ab absolving into the Astrobot team and becoming part of that. But yeah, I, I agree that they should have given them a chance before deciding to, to do this because I think they do have a pretty good uh, track record with what they have worked on. Like Gravity Rush is, is one of my favorites from them. Like you said, Bloodborne as well. So it, it, it is it is a bummer. Um, you said that they might have been working on a, on a Bloodborne 2. You, you, they might have been have rumors as well. Yeah, I thought there was rumors at yeah. one point about Bloodborne 2 being linked to them. Yeah. And I, I know think, a lot of people would have liked that. Yeah, and I yeah. think Sony owns the IP, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I it's a bummer <laughs> to see that that may not happen because of because of this. Right. But, um. Yeah, I, I, Astrobot is obviously something that people love as well. So having more people over there to work on that property is something that I'm sure PlayStation is more than happy about and probably what fueled the decision. But yeah. Yeah, very true. Uh, moving on, Roro, to another Sony story. Sony will reportedly enable PS5 SSD expansion this summer. Uh, so I thought this was an uh, interesting story because. Uh, Obviously, we're getting to the point where people who are playing uh, most of their games on PS5 are probably hitting a wall right now with the, uh, I think it's 825 gigabytes of storage space on the PS5, and that's, oh, that's not much at all. Uh, I know with me, I have the terabyte Xbox uh, Series X, and I have the terabyte uh, extra card as well so I have two terabytes and I still am like almost full and that's with not even all my games that I have installed so like it sucks because I'm like man I, I want to have these games accessible so that I can play them all but I also want to take advantage of you know the next gen console being able to you know instant load times and everything that the SSD can do so uh, this is good news that we are uh we're getting the expansion coming uh, for SSD for PS5, and hopefully, Roro, there will be some cost-effective ones because obviously the yeah. Microsoft Terabyte one for Xbox is uh, $220. So yeah. hopefully, I'm assuming yeah. it'll probably be around the same price for the same storage space, but maybe like a 500 gig one for 100 bucks, maybe. Yeah, I, I hope that, that uh, these options will be affordable, like you said, yeah. uh, or a little bit less than the Microsoft one. Um, yeah, more space is obviously good news. Uh, I don't really, I think I've mentioned this before, that I don't usually run into this problem as I just, I usually just delete them and I have no problem with it. Yeah. I'm usually not playing a lot of games, but I totally understand the, the, the appeal and need, definitely not like a... A weird thing at all this is definitely something that players need and I, I i would love it it's just that they're super expensive most of the time that i just don't even bother yeah. getting into them yeah for sure yeah. i i always just get anxious like uh, anxiety from not having all yeah. my games accessible it's not even that i'm playing them all. it's just like i have yeah. anxiety <laughs> like what if they get deleted or something yeah. especially if they're digital yeah i totally get that right 
and, and like what if i want to play this tonight or something and i i just they have don't to have wait it. An, yeah yeah have to wait five hours or longer to, yeah. to just pl- start playing yeah i agree yeah for sure uh another sony news story uh Sony is discontinuing movie and TV purchases and rentals on the PS Store as as of August. So on the PlayStation Store, uh, you can buy movies and TV shows much like you can buy on the Xbox Store, much like you can buy on literally any digital distribution. The interesting thing I have about this is, like, what happens if somebody has, like, purchased a bunch of TV and movie sh- movies from uh, from the Sony digital store? I'm wondering if they have some kind of uh, transfer that they're going to do. I know in the blog post they said that initially um, there will be no impact as, in terms of, like, accessing content. So if you've already purchased stuff, you can still view it and such on that storefront or on your console or whatever. Um, but my question is eventually they're not going to support that anymore because obviously if they don't have a store anymore, they're not going to get, you know, they're not going to have funding to continue those operations. So like Mm -hmm. my question is what, what I hope, I guess it's not a question more as like, I hope that when we get to that point where they're like, Oh, we don't want to do this anymore. They allow you to transfer all that stuff out into like, you know, I don't know, voodoo or or something like that. Like voodoo is the only one I could come up with because that's where I have all of my digital movies and such. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Do you, yeah. Do you have yeah. anything that you've purchased on the PS store for uh, movies and TV? I think I have, I have a couple of episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender on there. Nice. <laughs> And I think Spider-Man Far From, not not Far From Home, uh, Homecoming. I have that on on PlayStation as well. For whatever reason, I don't I don't know why I did that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I have the Avatar ones because that's when I had a, a PS Vita. I wanted to watch it on on that thing, and it just transferred over over the years. But yeah, I, I hope they do have a way uh, to give customers an option to hold on to those once they do decide to bring them down completely i know they have like a a specific tv and movie section on their on their home screen like you go in there to access netflix and prime and stuff and there's a separate app to access the tv stuff that you purchase from the store so i'm just hoping that that's where it all stays i again i don't know how it works when when they do take it all take it all down so i'm hoping it, it makes sense though them deciding not to do this because Netflix and, and Prime and all those places have just taken over so so heavily that people are just going there to watch their stuff. Yeah, for sure. And Disney Plus with WandaVision. Yeah. <laughs> uh so good. If you haven't if you haven't watched it, watch, watch it. it. Yes. <laughs> um Roro Sony has also patented a piece of technology that turns household objects like bananas into controllers with virtual inputs. Um, so I thought this was, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, very fascinating. And actually it reminds me of uh, something, I believe, I think it was like a raspberry Pi or something that I owned a long time ago that, it came with I can't remember what it was. It was I think it was a Kickstarter and it was like a Raspberry Pi and then like some other stuff with it. 
but you could literally take these prongs and attach them. Oh, I remember what it was. It was a Bluetooth controller, okay? And you could take these prongs and put them into this Bluetooth uh, controller, which was, it literally just looked like a circuit board. And you plugged in the other side into like clay and you could use the clay as like input buttons, like as your keyboard. It was very, yeah. I don't know if I still have it. I'll have to look for that. But uh, it's very fascinating uh, just reading this because it, it reminded me of that where you're like touching uh, different things to, you know, send the A key or SD, S key or D key or whatever. And you could like tie them together to make like macros and stuff. It was really crazy stuff. But uh, it reminded me of that. But I guess my question is, is uh, do people want to play with a banana instead of a <laughs> controller? Or a I I mean, if the option is there, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I don't think so. <laughs> it's just so weird. I don't know what they would, why they would do this. I Maybe it's, I, I, I honestly don't know. I am at a loss for words for, for this one yeah. as to what this could be could be for besides just being able to say that we've developed a technology that can do you could use it as a controller you could use a banana as a controller yeah just like to have those bragging rights i guess but it is it is so strange yeah very very strange i just thought it was funny because yeah, it's it, like yeah. so bizarre <laughs> like point my banana at my playstation 5 and let's play uh ape escape or whatever <laughs> <laughs> a lot more affordable than buying a controller though so if it true. ever breaks you you rage quit or something you break in control and just pick up a banana and you're good to go that's true and you know yeah. what if they here i have you know what roro i have the solution to their drift issue on playstation 5 controllers just put a banana in the box take there out the go. controller there you go <laughs> who needs the controller <laughs> moving on uh doom 3 vr edition is coming to playstation vr roro um and just to to point this out it is the ps4 version so not the next gen uh psvr that's coming next year um but it's very interesting because obviously doom three is a very old game at this point and i think they released this already i believe on pc um, but it is good for anyone who wants to check out Doom 3. I guess the question is, is are people going to pick this up on PSVR on PS4? Because like you have to have the PS4 4 VR or you have to have it connected to your PS5, but then you can only use move. It's so, yeah. <laughs> I hate that PSVR isn't just like, you know, native on the ps5 you have to buy the next version for that to be native on ps5 you have to buy a ps4 version of the game to play it in vr on ps5 using backwards compatible i don't know it's just it's kind of silly but uh doom 3 i've never personally played i've heard a lot of good things about it have you played doom 3 before no i have not no um i've also heard a lot of good things about it yeah um but i also have not played it yet i I remember the doom 2016 they did a, a vr version of uh of that game as well but it came out to like kind of mixed reviews yeah so i'm sure they're hoping that doom 3 being a classic We'll we'll do we'll do better. I guess they're trying another shot at it. Yeah. Um. But it looks it looks cool. I like the updated graphics. I I like Doom. 
even though I haven't played three. Yeah, uh, yeah. It it looks it looks interesting to say to say the least. I love experiences like this. It's just I'm just not familiar with Doom that that well to be super pumped for it. For sure, for sure. We love the new Dooms, but uh, yeah, don't know about <laughs> this one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Roro Final Fantasy 7 uh, has its remaster that's coming to PlayStation 5, which I believe they announced that since we last had our podcast, um, which that looks very visually good. They're doing a lot of enhancements to it. Um, seems to be a full-fledged upgrade. And they also announced that uh, Final Fantasy 7 is coming to PlayStation Plus for PS4 owners. But then a- another little weird thing. So... You have a free upgrade from Final Fantasy VII PS4 to PS5, but not the PlayStation Plus version. So if you get it via PlayStation Plus, you will not get the free upgrade to PS5. I hope that makes sense to everyone listening because it's one thing and another. But it makes sense because it's a they're updating it. It's fully optimized for PS5, so it's no different than, you know... Uh, it's no different than a native PS5 game coming out and you know you you're getting a PS4 uh PlayStation Plus game I guess is the way you can think about it because you're still getting a PS5 PlayStation Plus game it's just not Final Fantasy 7 if that makes sense. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I I love Yuffie is one of my favorite characters and it's not even because of uh final fantasy it's because of uh kingdom hearts that's what i was introduced to to that character so that was the uh what was it called integrate i think is the episode name yes. of the dlc and she features prominently as the the main character in uh that dlc and that dlc looked super fun i'm glad we're getting more episodes as they call them uh for final fantasy so i'm excited for that uh in particular because still no ps5 yeah. <laughs> but when it does come I'm, I'm definitely excited to see those visual upgrades because it's already such a beautiful game that i can only imagine what it looks like on the uh, the ps5 so for sure. good for them for for doing the, these updates sucks that if you are getting it off of ps plus that you can't do the upgrade but again i i get it from a business standpoint i know they still want to make money but it does kind of suck yeah for sure um Roro, if there's anything that got you excited about this whole episode, this next one probably got you most excited, I would guess, Uh, (laughs) along with a lot of people, really. Pokemon Legends Arceus, I probably butchered that, uh, was announced, uh, (laughs) and it's an open-world Pokemon, Roro. That's literally what everyone has always been asking for, an open-world Pokemon game, so... How excited were you when this got announced, Roro? Through the roof, Daniel. I was... <laughs> I, and by the way, for, for the, the name, I say Arceus as well, and I have been for a very long time, but apparently it's Arceus? Oh. Something... It's it's Whatever it is, it's not how we just said it. It's not Arceus, apparently. Okay. Because they said it differently in the in the trailer, but that's news to me. I'm going to probably keep keep saying Arceus <laughs> forever. Yeah. Just, I'm just used to it, but holy crap! Uh, open world Pokemon game, finally! Like this is something that fans have wanted for for such a long time. Um, it came out. I think a lot of people are excited about. But there's if if there's one thing you, if there is to know about Pokemon fans is that they're almost never happy. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of backlash after 
the trailer, seeing that it didn't, there was a missing frames, I guess you could say, in some of the animations. The world kind of looks a bit barren, which are definitely valid criticisms, but I would also say that it's probably very, very early development right now. Uh, we're still, even despite it's not feeling that way, we're still at the beginning of 2021. Oh, yeah. So, and this is coming out early next year, so they still got a ways to go if they need to tune, uh, touch up anything. But uh, yeah, I am, I am so excited for, for this. Yeah. I mean, even as a fan, someone who's not really a huge fan of Pokemon, I, I loved it as a kid, obviously. And like, I, I've picked up a couple of them in the past. Um, I, this got me excited because obviously I've always wanted an open world Pokemon. When I was younger, I wanted an open world Pokemon and we're finally getting it in 2021. I hope it turns out good. It looks sort of the world almost looks like Breath of the Wild esque, but not yeah. really. I, I I don't know. It's a weird like in between. Um, yeah, they they even did. I think a lot of people noticed that they even did that uh, that famous shot from the Breath of the Wild trailer where it would go over the player's shoulder and then show yeah uh, the the vista. I guess you could say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I. A lot of people are going to be excited about this. So I think we're definitely interested to see more on this one. When, Um, when the, the, the train, the trainer did the dodge roll, dodge roll in, (laughs) in, uh, in the open world, I just started screaming immediately. (laughs) It's so exciting. Yeah. That's awesome. Finally, their prayers have been answered and Roro's prayers have been answered. Roro E3 2021, uh, the live event has apparently been canceled. Uh, LA City documents are claiming this, uh, basically showing that they're, the, the event is being canceled. So I don't think this is a surprise. I think we pretty much already knew this was going to happen. Obviously, COVID is still a thing. It's still around unless you ask Texas. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think it's very it's very telling that of what we're going to see from E3 this year uh, in terms of what we're going to see moving forward. If we have an E3 this year that is lackluster without big publishers, without uh, the major support that they normally get at the live events, I'm worried about the future of E3. And I know we've talked about this before, but if they don't get that support with this digital E3, I don't. I don't know that it looks well for uh, for the future of E three. Unfortunately, um, I don't know. What are you saddened by this news? Or obviously, obviously this year it's a different circumstance. But are you saddened it, that the potential of this not uh, having live events in the future? I'm sad at that that aspect that we might not get another live E three in 2023 or 2022 at the earliest, I guess. But um, yeah, that's that's definitely saddening. But like you said, this isn't super surprising that we're not getting a live event this year. E3 themselves said they're doing it digital anyway. But um, yeah, as you said, I, I don't see what... I'm, I'm worried about the future of E3 as well, just like, just like you said, if they don't get that support this year. And with Summer Games Fest also happening this year, which literally... I, I doubt it cost as much to be a part of that because they, the PlayStation and Xbox and Ubisoft literally just do their own thing and Jeff Keighley just also streams it. So I I feel like it's so much cheaper to be a part of the Summer Games Fest. Yeah. And they're doing exactly what they would do at E3, announcing all their 
all their games. And also there's such a huge space. It's in the entire summer that they get to have their own designated time to steal the conversation that E3 kind of didn't let a lot of developers do. So it's a, it, it's kind of sad that seeing the worth in going to E3 is less and less each, each year yeah. uh, that COVID rolls on. So, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Well, and obviously we've talked about it before, as I said, but like just the name E3 has gravitas that, you know, people know what that is and, and to lose that kind of sucks. So, yeah. Um, our next news story, Aliens Fire Team has been announced, Roro, coming summer 2021, and it looks to me like it's a third person Left for Dead, essentially, except with aliens instead of zombies chasing you, um, which sounds awesome. I am definitely down for this game if that's what it ends up being. Uh, obviously, we only got a small uh, little glimpse of it, um, but actually IGN has this as their IGN first for the month, and we are getting more uh, information and a new look on it tomorrow. So definitely check out IGN tomorrow to kind of see what else they have to show from that. But this got me excited just by the sheer representation that Ryan McCaffrey put on Twitter of it's basically left for dead except aliens, which I'm definitely down for that. Uh, are you down for that, Roro? I'm down for that too. I, I'm not a huge, as I met said many times on the show that I'm not a huge horror person that goes both video games and movies. So I haven't seen the alien movies, Yeah, but um, the, the, the gameplay looked awesome, and, and like you said, Left for Dead, obviously a fantastic game, and it being matched with this horror genre or series, Aliens, looks to be like a match made in heaven. So it looks really fun, what I what I saw from the trailer. So I'm excited to see more. Definitely down to play it. Again, I'm a scaredy cat, but definitely looks like fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, Roro, our final news story. We've gotten through all these news stories, so many news stories. Uh, our final one, uh, It Takes Two, which is the game from Joseph Fares Studio. Uh, it It is getting final previews that are hitting right now, which have gotten very good reception, very positive uh, reception to them so far. So uh, I'll just read a little snippet here from Mitchell Saltzman from IGN, uh, which I really liked. Uh, he says, it's not all just cooperative buddy-buddy fun. A lot of the enjoyment that arises from true co-op games are the last that are the last had when, whether intended or not, a moment of betrayal sends you flying <laughs> into a puddle of death or crashing into the abyss when when you thought when that nail you thought would be there suddenly gets called back or locked in a torture box with no way to escape other than letting the other player let you out. Needless to say, these moments are inevitable, and it takes two. <laughs> so it sounds like you get a, you get to kind of mess with your uh, your partner a little bit in there, uh, which they kind of play with that in the trailer that they used to announce this game. So, oh, I'm excited for this game. I, I liked uh, I liked a way out, and I liked Brothers as well. But this looks like on another level of excitement from me. I I literally can't wait to play this. Uh, Roro, are you gonna 
Are you gonna play? It takes definitely. Two. Okay. Definitely, I'm super excited to 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 play this. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to play with uh, with my girlfriend, and I like actually oh. have that experience, like co-op next to the person experience. Yeah. But of course, like you said, there's the online version, or not like you said, but there's the online version as well that you can do with uh, with friends over the the, the Wi-Fi. So that's an option as well. Um, but yeah, that snippet there just put a smile on my face. Like th- those co-op moments, those couch co-op moments are. It's been a while since I've had had that experience because of because of COVID. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely excited to to boot this this game up for sure. It looks like a lot of fun. I love the story too. It just looks like a good time. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. We're both very excited for this. It's <laughs> it's gonna be amazing, and it's out pretty soon, March twenty sixth. So not too long to get there. Uh, Roro, moving into the games we are playing slash what we are working on. Uh, I am working on my house right now, so <laughs> that that kind of leads me into the games we're playing, which is just MCC because I've literally had not much time at all this week. I've been very busy uh, and just trying to get my house in order. Uh, and next week it'll probably be pretty similar because they're going to be installing floors and oh, it's going to be an exciting week for me, two weeks <laughs> for me. But uh, yeah, MCC, and I will have lots more to talk about for MCC here coming up. So, um, For me, I am playing Animal Crossing New Horizons and... I I don't know. I think I may have mentioned it last time that I restarted my island. If not, I restarted yes. my island. Yes, you did. Um, yeah. I'm doing a lot more time traveling than I did my first time around because I just wanted to get past the uh, the tutorial stages, I guess you can say, because it's a, it's a bit rough, especially if you know what you're doing. It's a bit rough. So I skipped ahead. KK slider came to my island, so that means I have pretty much everything that I need to start decorating and terraforming my island and stuff so it's been good it's been kind of cathartic hard to say goodbye to some of the villagers sometimes i'm like why did i do this but at the same i'm still enjoying my time at the same time so having fun with that and uh persona 5 strikers so this month i had had to make the hard choice of deciding which game to get it was one of those months where i couldn't buy both so i decided to instead of mario 3D Worlds, I got Persona 5 Strikers, and I'm pretty happy with my decision. It's going really well. I'm I'm shocked that it's not just like a, a spin-off, it's like a sequel. Hmm. It like picks off right where it less left off. The only difference is that is the gameplay, obviously, and which it works really well with the Persona franchise, I think. And uh, they did a really good job with uh with that. I'm definitely pleasantly surprised by it. Nice. And uh, yeah, that's that's about what I'm. What I, what's up? <laughs> nice, uh, Roro. Does that mean that you murdered all of your islanders that were on your other island? I like to think that I just like <laughs> left them behind. But when you do like terminate a save, it's very dire. Like Tom Nook is like, just so you know, you could never come back, and like stares at the camera. Like it's it's pretty dramatic when you do decide to do it. But I like to think they're they're fine on that island living their life but yeah i probably probably just like <laughs> nuke it or something in reality hey whatever helps you sleep at night <laughs> 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 uh, moving into the topic of the show Roro. uh we are flying through this show i didn't think we would fly through it that quickly we had a ton of news and 
It's only 8.40. We got 20 minutes. Uh, let's talk about Halo. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Halo. Uh, meanwhile, my dog is tearing up stuff behind me. Go. Uh, Halo the Master Chief Collection, Roro, is a game that came out over six years ago now on Xbox One. Uh, it's getting a ton of new content with the next update, which I felt like needed to be highlighted because of a few reasons. Uh, there's some unprecedented things happening with this update. And also, the game's six years old, and they're <laughs> still supporting it. That's incredible. Like, anyone who tells me that there is a better value in games out there right now than the Master Chief Collection has lost their damn mind because there's six yeah. games in it's this pretty game. insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and they, they keep adding stuff. So this month, Roro... They're adding a ton of brand new armor, which I'm not going to go through all the armor and bore people, but it's including the full suite of Halo Fireteam Raven's ODST armor. So if you don't know what Halo Fireteam Raven is, it's the arcade uh, the arcade game that they put into like Dave and Buster's and, and like arcade places like that. Um, it's like an on-rails uh, arcade experience. So they took their armor from that and literally put it into Halo 3. And That's it's, cool. yeah, it's crazy because, like, you, you literally look like you're an ODST playing Halo 3, which is very, like, stark striking, I guess, because obviously Halo 3 was always Spartan, so like seeing an ODST in Halo 3 like that you're playing against in multiplayer is so weird but so cool. Um, so I, I just thought that was kind of the first thing that I wanted to highlight, and uh, it's obviously really interesting that they're bringing in stuff from other experiences like Fireteam Raven, for instance, into a game that came out originally, what, 14 years ago now. That's it's insane yeah that's really cool i like that yeah that, especially that like you said they're bringing it from like an arcade game like not even like a mainline game that's really cool that they decided to incorporate that in their mainline series yeah for sure um what else they are adding roro they're adding back bling which is also being added to halo 3 armor customization for the first time ever and they're adding multiple choices and the crazy part is is the the things that they've designed to put in here as back bling it's very similar to like Fortnite back bling where it just goes on your back uh is that it literally looks like it it came out with Halo 3 like it it fits very well uh like to give you an example uh, when I would play Halo 3 back in the day, I always chose the Katana Spartan, which the Katana Spartan has a giant Katana blade on the back of the uh, of the Spartan. So that was already kind of a thing with the Katana, but that was the only thing that Halo 3 had as far as back stuff. And the crazy part is you can use that Katana armor in Halo 3 on MCC, but you can also add this back bling piece, which is new as well. And there's actually a piece that like looks super cool with the katana blade. So it's like you're layering these pieces and it's so good. I love the the amount of customization they have added for uh, Halo 3 in particular, but MCC in general uh, is awesome with all of this new update, um, all these new updates. So I thought that was very interesting to add. I'm looking at a picture of the back bling, and this guy has an axe, which yes. is 
pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> that, that one and that one. The thing is, is like the art style. It, it fits with Halo Three. It is jarring to look at because that one in particular is like kind of the one that's like I don't know. It's kind of out of place in regards to the other ones, but the art style looks like it looks like Halo Three. Like it's so crazy. Um. Yeah. But. Roro, uh, I think the, I think the biggest thing that they're adding, and this is kind of the unprecedented thing that I was talking about, they're adding two new multiplayer maps for Halo Three in MCC, which never released on Halo Three before. Obviously, these are brand new maps. They were, they were created for Halo Online, which was a, a game that was created for uh, Russian. Uh, an Russian audience that they were, they were trying it. They, I think Microsoft was trying to get into that market. So they created a, a free halo online is what they called it. Um, it has since been discontinued, but they took two of the maps that were original maps to that game into halo three. And those maps crazy enough are actually really freaking good. Like <laughs> they're better than a lot of the maps that are in halo three. And I, there's, there's so many maps in Halo 3, so I can't really say, you know, too many bad things, but like probably 50% of the maps in Halo 3 are okay or not great maps, and these two maps are fantastic maps. I I love them so much. The one map is called Waterfall, and it's essentially like a it has waterfalls going around you, but it's like in a frozen environment. So like there's icicles and everything's frozen around you and it looks so visually beautiful, especially in Halo 3's engine. Like how that looks that good in Halo 3's engine, I have no idea. It blows my mind. Um, and the map itself plays really well for 4v4. And I, I've been playing. The reason I keep saying it plays so well is because they have it in testing right now in the insider program, which I am a part of, and I've been playing it and it's so freaking good. Uh, the other map is called edge, which is essentially, it takes place in this forerunner, uh, building, which it's, it's uh, forerunner is like an ancient civilization in halos universe. And the freaking vistas in that map are insane. Like I've literally never, the only place in Halo 3 that the vistas look as good as they do in this map are in the campaign of Halo 3. There is not a single multiplayer map that looks as good as this uh the Edge map does that they are releasing right now. The vista it looks stunning. Like there you can see miles and miles away and like beautiful scenery. It's just it's amazing what they were able to do with these these two maps, uh, bringing them them into MCC for Halo Three. I definitely yeah. I'm looking at a picture of the the Halo Edge one or the not the Halo Edge the Edge map. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, the Vista, like you said, very beautiful. Um, I I like that. Like they're doing these for me. I guess as an outsider, it seems like deep cuts. But you can tell me if I'm if I'm off there, but like bring from Halo Online, which like you said, a Russian online testing game, yeah. bringing maps from there to the wider audience and the 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 arcade game where they're bringing armor into. I I, I like that they're kind of kind of tidbits for like the hardcore Halo fans. Like, oh my god, I recognize this. Where I'm just like, oh, that's cool new stuff. But like you would recognize it. That like, oh my god, this is the edge map from Halo Online. It, it looks great and. Halo 3, and yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah, 
And and like I had never I never played the Halo Online game obviously because it was uh it was specifically only available in Russia and obviously some people got their hands on it via like VPNs and that kind of s- stuff uh downloading in the states but uh yeah this was my first experience with these maps and so good so good they fit perfectly um roro there's also a couple of features coming in this update as well uh there's a custom game browser that is coming in this update which halo 5 already has a custom game browser that they added well after launch for halo 5 as well and like the custom game browser is amazing because it essentially it allows you to search for custom games and custom games are some of the most fun in halo because they're so you can have such a wide variety of gameplay experiences they have zombies where you know one person has sword energy sword and everybody else is trying to shoot them like they have that kind of experience from halo 2 the original halo 2 uh that people would literally manually switch teams they had to have the honor system it was just such a good time back then but now with custom uh game browser you can literally just do custom games essentially in a matchmaking type format which is really really good news uh and i'm super excited to see what the community does to have some new custom game options out there uh, and then there's also, uh, they did announce that the field of view slider, which this is big news for me, the field of view slider will no longer be locked when series S and X are set to 120 Hertz. So I play in 120 Hertz on MCC on my TV because it, it supports that the OLED, uh, LG OLED supports that. Um, but they would lock the the field of view slider because uh, I guess at the time they weren't sure about performance because obviously when you increase the slider, you um, start losing frames and stuff like that. So I'm excited to get that just because a lot of people expand the, the field of view a little bit because it helps you with awareness when you're playing multiplayer. Um, it just allows you to see more of the map while you're you know moving about, especially when you have a big map in front of you. Um, so yeah, uh, are all of those updates Roro going to be enough to get you back to Halo? <laughs> Honestly, that, I mean, a little bit, like I, I like the, the, the introduction of the, the maps from Halo online. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but obviously the armor, I love being able to customize stuff. I have to beat the story first. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to beat the, uh, the campaigns. But uh, I, I, I've been meaning to get back to that. But all these changes look awesome. And like you said, six-year-old games still getting updated like this is, is pretty awesome. Yes, it is very awesome. And uh, they sh- are showing no signs of stopping anytime soon, which is great. Um, kind of it, it helps with the filler between now and Infinite's release, which is perfect. And Speaking of Infinite, Roro, uh, Halo Infinite has gotten a bunch of new news last week as well on Friday with their, or Thursday, with their big update that they uh, dropped on us. Uh, And it's very fascinating what they revealed because they showed off a lot of in-game screenshots, which I did not expect them to show already. I was, I mean, obviously we've been wanting to see what the uh, updates to the graphics and stuff like that was going to look like since that July Xbox event. So 
Zeta Halo, which is where Infinite takes place, is absolutely freaking beautiful right now. With these new screenshots, I am 100% convinced that the launch product of Infinite is going to look absolutely stunning. And I think I said it on this podcast before, they knew in July that it wasn't in necessarily in the state that they wanted it to be in, but they had to show something at that time. And now that they're showing what the fruits of their labor have been the last six months since then uh, is super exciting because it looks so freaking good. You can see the amount of graphics work that they have done already. And just uh, one of the quotes I pulled from uh, their blog post, uh, they said, we wanted to ensure that we steer away from overly noisy designs and details, which is a key takeaway from the team coming off of Halo 5. With Halo Infinite, we wanted to take this new adventure back to its roots. So that's very key right there, Roro, because that was why that we got a simplistic art style at the July reveal event was because they wanted to take it back to a more uh, simplified design. Now, it, now the graphics components of that July reveal were not fully developed yet, and that's why they said we didn't have the time to finish it yet. So now we are getting to that point where, my goodness, this looks so good. Did, have you had the chance to check out the screenshots that we we got to look at? I have the. I've seen. Uh, I guess one of them where it's okay. the the. Uh, the building, I don't know what it's called. Maybe okay. there's a name for it, or maybe it's just a building. Yeah. But it's the day and night night one where it compares the different, uh, the same image, different times of day. Yeah. I haven't seen the Zeta Halo, Zeta Halo one, I don't believe. Uh, I, I may have because I think I I saw a Halo, but I don't know if it was the one that you're talking about. Okay. I'll have but, to uh, send that to you because it looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, this this one that I'm looking at looks amazing as well. Like the the trees, the skybox, everything looks nice. Looks really good. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm gonna send this to you while I'm talking about the next thing. Uh, so you were talking about the day night cycle. It's very very exciting that the day night night cycle is a thing now in Halo because that's never been a thing before. And like day night cycle it it looks really good it looks realistic it looks like it should look like it shows the progression of day complete day to complete night which looks visually stunning and it's very fascinating to know that like depending on what the environment looks like uh you can go about a certain situation differently so like if you're going into attack like a banished fortress or something like going in at night could look very different than going in you know during during daytime because maybe at night you can sneak down a path that that isn't lit or or something like that where you during the daytime, obviously, they're going to be more aware if you're coming down the path and they see you, they're going to be like, oh, there he is, or, you know, charging into the front gate or, or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, the day-night cycle is definitely a big, big thing uh, for them to add, for sure. Um, I, I sent those pictures on uh, Twitter to you, so. Yeah, I, I've seen a couple, I've seen uh, the the final one that you sent me, which was the, uh, the Banshees uh, flying in the sky. Yes. and the uh, the ring of the halo ring in the in the distance which yeah it looks insane yeah. like the what's in the background you assume maybe you can go to most of that maybe not all of it 
yeah. because it's obviously some of it is part of the skybox, but there's a lot back there that looks to be explorable, which is obviously very exciting. Yeah. Uh, but even what they're showing here is already such an improvement of what they've shown back in, in November. Everything looks fantastic. Like the, the water is reflecting the light. Uh, yeah, it just everything looks really good. Yes. Yes, it does. It looks so good. <laughs> Uh, and they, the other thing I noticed as well is they have a completely different UI now with that one screenshot I sent you of, uh, him using the sniper rifle in first person. Uh, it looks completely different than the build that we got, uh, at their July event. Like the, the, uh, weapons are all in the bottom right corner with grenades and everything. Everything's kind of stacked on that bottom right, which is kind of different for Halo as well, because traditionally grenades are like in your top left corner for Halo. So it's kind of, I kind of like it because it kind of keeps everything, you know, condensed to one area. And then you have your motion tracker and shields, obviously, which is uh, staples. But uh, I thought it was very fascinating to see see those in there as well. Um, and it does look like it actually does look like it's a little bit wider field of view as well, because you can see more of Master Chief's uh, arm that you couldn't see before in the previous ones. And maybe it's just how he holds the sniper rifle, but um, it seems like it's a little bit wider field of view to kind of give you a wider view of the ring as you're exploring it, which is also very cool. Um, but Roro, kind of piggybacking off what you said a little bit ago um, about it being an open-world environment, it is very much... Uh, it's looking for inspiration of an open world game. Uh, but I'll give you a quote here from Joseph Staten, who is uh, obviously he was the lead writer at Bungie for the original trilogy. And now he's helping the campaign team get to the finish line for infinite. Um, but he said, from a distance, it might appear that we're building an open world game, but that's not really the case. We're making a Halo game, a sandbox shooter where our goal is to make you feel like the most powerful actor in a rich, emergent sci-fi combat simulation, which is ugh, so good. Yeah. yeah. And it's it sounds like, obviously, they've been saying for a long time it's going to be an open area, uh, it's going to be very much like the original Halo Combat Evolved where you come onto this Halo ring and it's just this wide, expansive area that you can explore. And I'm sure you'll be taken to another area that you can explore. Um, so it's going to be that sort of game. It's not going to be like, you know, you have this giant open world map like Skyrim, for instance, and, and just go explore. It's going to be um, a little bit different in that regard, but very... So Sounds a little bit like uh, God of War or like Tomb Raider, where you get that huge map, but it's not, you can't just transfer it to the next space seamlessly. There's still like a little corridor that you probably have to walk through to get to the next space, but yeah. there's going to be a big map that you can explore for a certain section. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah, for sure. Uh, super excited for this. Obviously, anyone and you and Sean know <laughs> how excited I am for this. So I cannot wait. And Actually, one thing uh, in regards to that open world expansiveness, uh, they actually teased uh, what happens when you leave like the area that that, you know, you're going out of bounds, so to speak. So like out of the playable area and they're, they're basically teasing like the, the lore reasons. So like 
whatever pops up when you leave the area is super cool. Apparently they're not revealing what it is, but they're kind of teasing saying like, yeah, this is very cool. What happens when you leave the area? Whereas before it would always say return to the area or whatever. Uh, so apparently they have some kind of lore thing to like basically tell you to get back in the area, which I think is very cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all my halo for, for, for one day. Roro. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry you had to sit through that. Okay, I'll I'll manage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we close the show? Um. Actually, yes. Yes, so, we got <laughs> something. All right. This is uh, when I went to go look at the images that you sent me. I noticed that there were some breaking news that hopefully we'll be able to dive into a little bit more oh. next week. But Apparently, Nintendo or Bloomberg has reported that Nintendo will uh, be revealing a new Switch later this year, which we I know there's rumors all the time, but this seems to be a little bit more concrete uh, with a bigger Samsung OLED display and 4K output when docked, which sounds awesome. Coming from Bloomberg, it seems pretty credible, hopefully. Apparently, the the screens will be uh, mass produced starting in June. Uh, is it from yeah. Schreier? Jason it's Schreier. not from Schreier. Hmm. It is from who is it from? Uh, Takeshi, uh, Takeshi Mochizuki hmm. and Suki Kim. So two people on this on this one story. Okay. So yeah, it seems uh, pretty good. Pretty good. That is very interesting. That sounds like a very sizable upgrade, unlike what I thought they were gonna do, uh, which is very interesting, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to talk about that <laughs> next week. Wow. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. And it's apparently supposed to be 7 inches, I think I might have mentioned that. Oh. And Switch right now is, is 6.2 inch, the wow. regular Switch. So it's going to be a bigger screen too. So wow. better display and a bigger display as well, which is exciting. Dang. I wonder how much <laughs> that's going to cost. Oh, God. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well. Thank you for the scoop, Roro. Uh, <laughs> anything else before we close? That is it. All right. <laughs> Uh, thank you again to everyone joining us both live on YouTube and on Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Roro. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love and keep on gaming. See ya.